Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. At the beginning of this month, we began a series of meditations that focused on what we confess in what we call the Belgic Confession. This confession is one of the three forms of unity that plays an important role in the life of the Reformed churches that sponsor this program. Every week, we have concentrated on various aspects of what we confess in the articles of this confession. Before we continue with this meditation, listeners, I'd like to mention that we're thankful to the Lord that this broadcast could continue also in this past month. It's been a month of unrest, of confusion. A deadly virus is raging through all the countries in the world, and there seems to be no cure for it. We're thankful that we can still continue this broadcast. We can still continue with our meditations every week again. We're thankful for that blessing. As you might know, the churches of the Reformation subscribe not only to the three ecumenical creeds, but they also subscribe to many confessions. And one of these confessions is the Belgic Confession. This past month, we have looked at the first two articles of this Belgic Confession. A number of years ago, in his commentary on this Belgic Confession, a well-known author said that too many people are satisfied with the form of faith without its substance. Another author notes, It is fatal to imagine that everybody knows quite well what Christianity is and needs only a little encouragement to practice it. The brutal fact is that in this so-called Christian country, not one person in a hundred has the faintest notion of what the Christian church teaches about God, or man, or society, or more importantly, the person of Jesus Christ. Surely, you say, that's not true of us. Surely, we know something of what it is the church teaches about God, and man, and society, and the person of Jesus Christ. Well, yes, no doubt we do. But the question remains real and urgent. How well do we really know what the church confesses? And are the confessions of the church of any significance to us? Weeks ago, we started by asking the question, Do we all really know who God is? As Christians, we pray to Him, we read His Word, we talk about Him, we study Him, we know Him as the Creator of the world, and He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's a God of love and compassion, a God of faithfulness and justice, the God who is righteous in all His ways. We know that the Bible says all of those things about the Lord God. Nevertheless, it's good that we ask ourselves, how well do we really know who God is? And what do we believe about God? Dear listener, Article 1 of this Belgian Confession begins by saying, We all believe with the heart and confess with our mouths. It is the living members of the Church of Jesus Christ who make this confession here. We believe with the heart. Or you could also say, we believe in our hearts. That means that we have committed ourselves to this. It also means that we are prepared to stake our life on this confession. Oh, it's true. We don't always hear that in the word believe. 
As a matter of fact, we sometimes use the word believe to communicate uncertainty. But the person who believes means to say, this is sure and certain. And because we are sure and certain, because we believe with the heart, that's why we also confess with the mouth. So the all-important question here is, what lives in your heart, listeners? What do you know for sure about God? Do you believe what the Word of God teaches and how it is summarized in this confession of the Church? The Bible asks that we believe. It asks that we confess the God who reveals himself on its pages. The Bible never asks us to argue the existence of God. It asks us only to confess the God who has spoken and who so speaks to us today by his holy and divine word. And yes, even through this radio broadcast. With Article 1, we confess that the Bible reveals to us that there is only one simple and spiritual being whom we call God. In Isaiah 43, we read, Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. As you know, for a long time already people have emphasized that God is love. That is said clearly in the Holy Scriptures, right? God is love. The Bible also tells us that God is righteous, He is holy, He is omniscient and omnipotent. The danger comes when that is forgotten, and we elevate one virtue above all His other virtues, and we create a distorted picture of who God really is. And then they play God's love off against His justice by concluding, if God is really a God of love, they reason, then why would he allow terrible things to happen to people? Then why would he permit disasters to ravish mankind? We must confess that God is altogether love, and he is altogether holy, altogether righteous, and altogether merciful. Another part of the first article of the Belgian Confession is that we confess God to be a spiritual being, the point is that God is not a physical or a bodily being. He cannot in any way be compared to the creature. God promised his people deliverance already in the Old Testament times. However, we must also confess that God delivered us from the bondage of sin through Jesus Christ, his Son, our Redeemer. And it is through him that we have learned another name for God also. We may call God our Father. You'll find that name a couple of times in the Old Testament, for example, in Isaiah 63. You are our Father. That name receives an inexpressible depth of meaning for us in the New Testament, for there we learn to know God as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, listeners, we do know God. We know Him in His love, in His holiness, and in all his attributes, insofar as he has revealed himself in his holy and divine word. The second article of this confession asks the question, How are we to know God? We confess that we know God in two ways. First, we know God by the creation and the preservation and government of the universe. That's often referred to as God's general revelation. The moment you realize that what is true of the first book of God's general revelation is also true of the second book, the Bible, 
also known as God's special revelation. In the Bible, God has made himself known to us as much as we need to know him in this life, for his glory and for our salvation. That's a most significant confession. In a man-centered world, where all sorts of information and knowledge is available in this computer age with a click of a mouse, the Church of Jesus Christ confesses that it is God and his glory that is second to none. God has made himself known for his own glory. And he sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, also for his own glory. That is first and foremost. However, there are many things about God that we do not know. Many things which God, in his infinite wisdom and sovereign majesty, judged that we, mortal beings, do not yet need to know. God himself set these limits, and he wants us to recognize and to honor these limits he has set. The psalmist confesses we are creatures that are subject to the will of our divine creator. With that confession, it is easy to understand that a person's confessional starting point determines also how he or she reads and understands the book of God's general revelation, namely God's creation the universe. Let me quote the book of Psalms once more. In Psalm 19, for example, we read, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Nevertheless, their voice goes out over all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. That is quite a confession. Not only that, but it's also a confessional starting point. There are no real words spoken in God's general revelation, in his creation. We all know the trees have no voice, and the stars utter no speech. Nevertheless, their voice, we can also say, their witness, their testimony, goes out through all the earth. And because we believe that the Almighty Creator speaks every moment of every day in and through everything he has made, there is no person alive who can stand neutrally over against that revelation. However, God also reveals himself to us more clearly and fully in his holy and divine word, the Bible, as we mentioned earlier. We often tend to think that the people of 2,000 years ago were a lot different than we are today. Sure, they lived different lives, but their thinking was no different than ours, as it relates to the Lord God and his creation. People still worship the creature, science, and their scientific methods and conclusions, rather than the creator. It is only by the grace of the Lord that we are able to read his word correctly. It is only by faith in Jesus Christ that we can come to the Father. And it is only through his holy and divine word, the Bible, that we can know Jesus Christ. And to know him is to have life eternal. Yes, it is only through him that we, or that anyone, can hear or can understand in truth the word which our Father speaks through the creation, preservation, and government of the universe. A most beautiful book. So then, dear listeners, 
Is there a message of hope in all this? We live in a time where there seems to be a great deal of unrest. People feel anxious and hopeless and wonder how all this present situation will end. COVID-19 has been spreading sickness and death across the world, and there seems to be no end to it. Is the world really spinning out of control? Our message of hope is that the Bible teaches us that God has created all things in the beginning of time, and that he still upholds all things with his mighty hand. As mighty God, he also continues to preserve all things, and we confess that it is he who is in control of this universe, and no one else. That gives us comfort in this difficult time. Soon the Christian church hopes to celebrate Good Friday and Easter, the time of year when we remember the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. His sacrifice was not made in vain. It opened the way to a renewed relationship with our God and Father. If you have not yet confessed Jesus Christ as your only Savior, there is still time to do so, listeners. The evidence of the existence and power of God can be clearly seen in creation and clearly understood through the study of his special revelation, the Bible. We urge you to find a Bible-believing church so that you can learn more about God's love, his grace, and his mercy. May the Lord of grace bless you and keep you safe. We are the Voice of the Church. You can visit us at www.voiceofthechurch.org. Thank you for listening today.